The following resource is presented by the Counseling and Conference Services of IOM America. Welcome to ZPod, an outreach ministry of Identity Matters podcast. ZPod is focused on addressing the worldview issues relating to the millennial generation and their children, Generation Z. Our new podcast series reveals the importance of the indwelt believer knowing and understanding who they are in Christ. Thank you for joining us today and welcome to Z-Pod with Dr. Stephen Finney. Welcome to Z-Pod. Here's an opening statement I want to give you guys. No one can serve two masters. These aren't my words. These happen to be my husband's words. And if you're a true believer and have the indwelling life of Jesus Christ, you're called the body of Christ and also the bride of Christ. This is our husband. I just want you to get this in your mind. Husband also has another title that comes with it, and it's called Master. Now, I know that that is a a problematic thing in our generation today, is thinking that anyone has a master they have to answer to, and honestly, it's what created the Gen Z problem. But Jesus said, nobody can serve two masters, for either he will hate one and love the other or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. Really, what was Jesus thinking of connecting money and wealth to masters. There's also another passage that says, wherever your treasures are, there you will find your heart. Or the other way around, wherever your heart is, wherever you're focused on, that's where you're going to put your money. See, if you're in debt to someone, whoever that person is or company that you're in debt to, they, they own you. That's how the Bible refers to this issue. This is how our husband, Jesus Christ, is referring to this issue. So we're going to be spending some adequate time talking about who really is the Gen Z's master. Here's our mission in a nutshell. It is our confession that worldview is birthed through personal identity. Now just try to think about birthing a baby. 
Worldview actually comes from you. Looking at this illustration is that you're giving birth from some type of intimate relationship that you experienced. And now you're giving birth to something that comes from that intimacy. So worldview is the baby of whatever intimate relationship you have had with a God. That's what we're talking about. Worldview is the baby that was birthed from your identity. This is why it is critical that our students first understand who they are in Christ before they decide to try to help someone else. Because anyone who does not understand the teacher with a capital T actually lives inside you and can do the teaching through you, you're leading that person to a different kind of Jesus. It's called follower. So our whole mission is basically reduced down, boiled down to a very, very simple ideology of separating the goats from the sheep, the followers from the true end-dwelt believers. See, we don't need to separate the other guy on the other side of Jesus. He could care less if there was a hell or if he was going to hell or who this Christ figure was hanging next to him. He didn't care. He was the honest one. You see, the other thief who was a thief, meaning he was stealing from some master, this thief pulled things together rather quickly because the spirit of the living God revealed it to him. Out of every single listener that we've got here right now, you are not going to understand the deeper life principles or teachings unless the Holy Spirit makes the decision by way of Jesus Christ to grant you understanding. Now calculating the cost of that is this. When you're done with this podcast, you're, you're going to become more passive and lukewarm. You will not grow a little bit. Whenever you resist and push back, after just a few hours, after you push back and resist, you go lukewarm. You don't care. Many people literally forget things after the two-hour mark. They teach us teachers and preachers. Whatever you've got to say, you better say it to the point, strong. Make sure that seed gets in the ground because the odds are that 90% of the people that are going to be listening to you are going to literally forget what you said in a couple hours. And every time you do that to a teacher, what you're doing is setting yourself up to become more passive, complacent, 
lukewarm, and dangerous. So the days of getting excited about listening to exciting preachers or hellfire and damnation preachers is gone. I mean, who wants to go to church? And I'll say it to you as I got an email from a gal this past week. I pay to go to church. I pay to sit in that pew. So she has expectations on what she wants from the pulpit. Guess what her payment is? Her tithe. We're going to be spending some adequate time here in a few weeks talking about the economical, the money aspect of Gen Z. It was in the conference. We gave you a few of the statistics. If they're consuming 40% of our online consumer market, we probably better pay attention to who their master is. And when they give money, donations, they don't give so that the left hand doesn't know the right hand is giving. They give wanting you to know exactly who's giving and why they're giving it because they have expectations of how they're going to be treated sitting in that pew. Welcome to today's church. True, brilliant, smart, educated or not, indwelt believers should not be wanting the IRS to track down their dollars. Because it's moving into a movement, and I have the document, it's moving into a movement that the government is now putting together policy to tax the church. People are giving to get. There's expectations in their giving. This is definitely an issue with Gen Z. Here's the title of our message today. Lost between compassion and confusion. Just think about being lost between two towns. You're on your horse and, you know, you left one town and I've been watching too many cowboy movies. And you get lost between the two towns. There's a lot of directions you can go besides two pinpoints and get lost. That's what's happening. From point A to point B, they're lost in there. And we're going to talk about some of the manifestations of a lost soul tonight. Compassion has been self-interpreted as acceptance in this generation. And acceptance has become the modality of self-love. You accept me, and I accept you. Well, it works the other way too. You reject me, I'm going to reject you. Or how about this one? The lady comes into the church, paid for what she wants. It's like ordering a book online. You pay for what you want to read and expect to be blessed by what you bought. Or you feel like it was a worthless decision. This is what's happening inside the church. From the preachers at the pulpit. You're going to pay for sorrow if you pay this preacher. 
And that's a good thing. I want to pay for sorrow and conviction. I want to pay for the rod to come and spank me. That should be why I want to go to church. Not to be hugged and loved and accepted and be in a little social group within the church and whatever. Why? Go get that down at the coffee shop. Come and get your butt kicked. For the week. So that when you're in the coffee shop, you can have a powerful impact on the the people sitting around that table. So that they walk away going, I haven't heard that kind of truth for a long time. Where does that guy go to church? You see, they give the church the credits why we put this new video together for you today. They're running by the droves, driving into the parking lots by the droves of churches all over, particularly here in America. But what is the attitude that is going on with most of them before they get out of the car? They're paying for an online spiritual lesson. So that pastor knows he has got a dilemma on his hands. Do I give them what they paid for? Or do I give them a spanking? Thy rod and thy staff it comfort me. Those of you who cannot interpret discipline as comfort, you do not understand the indwelling life yet. It's okay. We all have to face that from time to time. It's part of the deal. Here's our three objectives. Confusion is defined biblically as instability, disorder, unquieted soul, and fusion, which is where confusion comes from, fusion into worldly thought. Have you ever fused a flavor into another completely different type of food? You add soy sauce to mushroom and butter, and you can literally transform the taste of that mushroom. You can put fruity taste in things that didn't start out tasting like fruit. That's fusion. You're, it's being forced into that product, even that product is you, at such a fast pace, it cannot resist fusion. You will become it. So so to put together a frenetic, pluralistic fusion in our society where things are coming at people so fast. It's called the internet. It's coming at you so fast, it will cause fusion even in an indwell believer. All this causing deludes itself into a self-made religion which only can produce more disorder. So disorder is found in frenetic pluralism, a culture that changes according to the winds of doctrine found in those they accept. So our objectives are a culture of depravity, Two, disorder equals evil. And three, 
being indwelt equals rest. Now, confusion. Confusion, we first got to look at, is this an excuse for this person? Or is it defiance? How many have used the term, I'm confused? Okay, so probably every hand of every listener either went up in their minds or you literally raised your hand. It is a confession of defiance. You see, confusion is not one of those words that you can interpret multiple different ways. Confusion is forced fusion. It's a confession. That means that your thought life is dominated more by what is being said to you. You have not let go of this other dominant thought pattern. So what you or the teacher or preacher is saying is forcing you up against the wall to make a new choice of belief. That's what's happening. So confusion is a confession. Confusion results in interpreting the truth as the law, then attempting to integrate it into an already polluted, law-driven mind. Now connecting the two dots. Someone who is confused a lot is law-bound. So if you're listening and you're struggling with confusion, okay, they cleared that one up. Five minutes later, we heard something that's confusing. And it's just this endless cycle of confusion. That means you have a law-driven mind. You're literally interpreting truth as the law. Here's how we find out that this is true. In a counseling session, in a preaching session or whatever, the end of the truth sayer's presentation, the person walks up to them and says the famous question. Well, how, how am I supposed to do that? What am I supposed to do with that? How, how am I going to... That's the evidence. They want the to-do before they want the truth, honestly speaking. And if it cannot come into practical application, instantly, all that means is that a person who interprets truth as the law, they're just simply confessing, if they're not suffering confusion, they're in agreement with you. That's why there's no warring going on inside their mind. They're more interested in hearing the truth that's preached to confirm what they already know. Not wanting something new. They even determine preachers according to the preacher preaching so that their law-driven mind can say, yes, I agree with that. 
I could care less if you agree with me. What you need to be willing to do is face with elements and characteristics of Jesus Christ where you're faced with it instantly and being challenged to have a completely different worldview on that topic. Christ's worldview. Who cares if you agree with preachers? Is that why you go to church is to say, now that I agree with. That's not why I listen to a preacher. I listen to a preacher so I can come up with, I don't agree with that. Unless it is explained from the word of God. Then I have to be willing to change. To have a complete different worldview on that particular item that preacher or teacher is presenting. That's church gatherings. That's what it was originally for. That you listen to someone who is anointed by God to deliver the truth to you so you can sit there and go, this does not compute. Something's wrong with me. Not, well, I'm not sure I agree with that. He's very confusing on that. Really? If you're confused on it, you're confessing something. There's nothing wrong with saying, I do not understand that. That is an absolute statement. But to say I'm confused, you're a control freak. That's what it is. The reality is a yes and a no. Anything above and beyond that is evil. A yes is, yes, I get that. I don't care if you agree with it or not. You agreeing with truth does not reconfirm it. You giving a thumbs up and, and a hallelujah when you're listening to your preacher preach about something you already know, there's no fruit in that. There's no value. But when your preacher is preaching at you and you are up against the wall, being faced with your control issues and your fears of someone else controlling your mind. That's what it's coming to in this world, is having some strong preachers and preachers put you up against the wall and they might end up being your master. Because anyone knows who's in the church as a follower or an indwelt believer that we're required to be slaves to Christ. That's not debatable. And if that master lives inside your preachers and teachers, that's not debatable. It's not a negotiable issue. It's not, I'm not sure I agree with you on that, pastor. I don't care if you agree. You could never confirm something truthful I said to you, and I'm not going to care. It's a confession. So to be able to say, what pastor said is absolutely true. I can listen to that all day long. 
Pastor, what you said, I don't understand. You tack fusion onto it, and you've stepped over the line. Satan is confused. I can guarantee you. Satan is fearful. Confusion is birthed out of fear. Let's take a look at Nicodemus. 613. I had 613 rules to follow. Can you imagine that? Can can you even understand how many that is? And and, and I, I knew every one of them, and I followed them. So there I am, sitting across from Jesus, and he looks at me and says, Nicodemus, it's not about the rules. <laughs> I'm, I'm paraphrasing him, but essentially that's what he's saying. It's, it's not about the rules, not about the rules. Look at this from from my perspective. Um, I'd seen him come in the day before, and, and, and he had turned the temple upside down. This is the place, mind you, that, that I'd spent my life preserving. So you can imagine how much I wanted to have a talk with him in a secluded place at nighttime. How would you feel if someone, someone said to you, someone you respected, they tell you that everything that you'd dedicated your life to had missed the mark completely. You're a fool. That's how you feel. I said something to him. One rule that seems too good to be true, because it was. Believe he's the Messiah. Believe he's the one that was promised. And and he said it like he just glazed over it like it was some simple thing. And then went on talking about good and evil. And I'm thinking, wait, go back. Go back to where you took what was so complicated and made it not complicated. My whole life was in those complications. My my religion was in those complications, making sure to follow the details of the laws. I made sure that every T was crossed. I thought that is what was going to save me. 613 laws.
wrong. It was love that saved me. For God so loved. Now for the law of the spirit of life. You see, the law did not get abolished. It got fulfilled. Now here's, here's the golden key about the indwelling life in our topic tonight. Is Jesus was the only one that was empowered to fulfill the law. There was a step-by-step process that was laid out by his father that he was going to have to go through in order to fulfill the law, not to abolish it, not to challenge it, not to make fun of it, not to make the Jewish people feel bad that they tried to live up under it. He came to fulfill it. He finished the task so that he could talk to guys like Nicodemus and say, you don't have to worry about the rules anymore. I took care of all the rules. Now, Nicodemus had the privilege of not only seeing Jesus finish out the answer, but Nicodemus had the privilege and honor of seeing the final results. You've been listening to Part A. This resource has been presented by the Counseling and Conference Services of IOM America. For more information about our ministries, visit us online at IOMAmerica.org. That's IOMAmerica.org.